blah, blah, blah. Spooky noises and screams. Guess what? It's almost Halloween. <laughs> hey! And we're Northern Frights the Podcast. I forgot that line was in my song. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, everybody. It's us. We're currently wearing our masks to be safety first. So, excuse me while I just adjust this really here. Because it was like in my eyeballs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, which feels really good <laughs> when it's in your eyeballs. So, like yours is like fogging up right now oh, with yeah. glasses. I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> I got laser glasses, so I don't have to wear glasses. You have laser eyes. Got laser eyes. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's us. How are you doing? Hmm? Sid, how are you doing? You're asking me? I was asking them. Oh, okay. Sorry. Was <laughs> I was like, I'm not emotionally prepared for that I won't ask you that question for the next five months. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Oh, like I was turning into kind of like a door of the Explorer moment for a second there. Where it was just like, how are you guys doing? Silence. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, am I <laughs> She's looking at me in the eye. Should I say something? What do I say? I don't know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes, it is us. We're back. We took like a week break there. Two week break? Yeah, because I think, no. We one. Not good at math. One week break, because I think the last time we recorded was on the 30th. Okay. Yeah, so. Yeah. So, um, checks out. Yeah, so just a quick introduction for those of you who might be new listeners to us. Mm-hmm. We feel like we might have some new listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, we're Northern Frights. Mm-hmm. We're a podcast that talks about creepy and true crime here in normally spooky times. In the Midwest. Do you know where the Midwest is? Where? (laughs) (laughs) It's Minnesota. It's Wisconsin. It's Northern and Southern Dakota. It's Iowa. (laughs) And it's some up Michigan and it's some other places surrounding it. Yes. We're both wearing masks today, as I think I already said. Mm -hmm. Safety first. Who are you? I'm Anna. And I'm Melissa. We're a very professional podcast. <laughs> we are. <laughs> if you guys knew how we uh, produced our podcast, you'd laugh at us. You'd laugh, but that's okay. We get it done. We that's get it the done. The important part. Yeah. <laughs> We're hardworking. We are yes. small, but we are hardworking. Small. Small. <laughs> small podcast. The, that's a scientific term. Small. Yes. S M O L. So you got any news to share? Other than some exciting news that we have for you guys? I have, do you mean like case updates? Or what do you mean? Whatever you got. Yeah? Yeah. Well, so I followed the Joel Guy mm-hmm. um, trial. Mm-hmm. And I actually was able to watch a little bit on my computer because I had a, a live feed for it. Yeah. And so I found out some details I don't remember being specifically oh. in the um, articles I had found. Okay. So according to the trial, Joel Guy Jr. Mm-hmm. never had a job ever. How old is he? 20s or 30s? And I just have a quick thing. Yeah. I just want to say, I thought about this this morning. Uh-huh. So usually when I fly, sometimes I'll upgrade my seat, oh, yeah. just in case if it's like really cheap, because mm-hmm. I'm like first class, up in the sky, drinking champagne, living the life, as far you would say. Yep. There was one time I upgraded my seat, because there was like one open spot, took it so I was sitting next to this guy and his wife was with him and she was like mad as heck at me because I had the seat and yeah. I kind of like 
first off, lady, I paid for the seat with my own money. You look like you've never paid for anything in your life. <laughs> Where was she? In the back? She was like a few, like a couple rows behind us. But still in first class? Yeah. Then what's the problem? Well, it's kind of like, it's your husband's fault that you didn't book yourself together. Yep. Sorry. Like, yeah. I paid for the seat, you didn't. Not my problem. She asked you to switch? Well, the guy that was like, next to her was like hey sir like i'll trade seats with you so your wife can sit with you because she really wants you to sit with her <laughs> and i was just like okay <laughs> like you can join me sir yeah so yeah how miserable yeah but it just just that's that what reminded you yeah, of it <laughs> so get this okay so he's never had a job ever and his mom worked her job just to support him barf and his lifestyle uh, style, according to prosecution. The defense had an eight-minute closing argument, mm -hmm. and to me it didn't feel very impressive, like, mm -hmm. um, like, oh good, this is really good, or anything. It was just yeah. sort of like, blah, 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 Yeah, blah, blah. he's a nice guy, you should probably not send him to jail. Yeah, I wish I had written down examples, but I didn't. Okay. Um, as far as the murder stuff, um, Joel Sr., his mm -hmm. dad, had his arms removed what? at his shoulders, cut off. Legs are removed at his hip. So oh he basically God. just had a torso and head left. I, okay, for a good second here, I forgot which case this was. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's a Thanksgiving one, correct? It's the Thanksgiving murders. Okay, because I was thinking of the one that was <laughs> from here, where like the guy supposedly killed his mom. I don't remember. It was Shirley Carter? Oh yeah, Her. that's in Iowa. Oh, okay. Yep. So I was thinking about that one. I was just oh, like, I don't know. The dad got his arms cut off. No. What happened? Totally different. That one is the mom working. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense now. All right. Yeah, this is from episode 15, if you want to yes. go back and hear the particulars. Yeah. Um, this is so strange. The hands um, had defensive wounds, which is good. Mm -hmm. I'm glad he fought back. Mm -hmm. But they were found in, a like, prayer hands, like, together. Oh. Like That's weird. most likely, obviously placed that way. Yeah, Isn't that weird. I don't know yeah. which way because the pictures were blurred out. Sure. Terrible. Um, Joel Guy Jr. After the murder, paid for his tuition, his rent, and his car payment. He's obviously his parents' money. Mm -hmm. Um, and they said that the weekend of the murder is like his sisters had been there um, for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Um. He was like happy and friendly, where he was normally like unusual, like quiet, mm -hmm. kept to himself. But weekend of this murders, he was like opposite of himself, Weird. like talking to people, interacting, and everything. Weird. That's strange. Yeah. And that's what I had for the case. Wow. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Not good. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What an interesting fellow. Yeah. And by interesting, I mean creeper. Total creep. Total creep. <laughs> All right. Should we make our announcement? Make your announcement. So we, you guys, we made an Instagram for the Northern Fries podcast. So if you're on Instagram, you can follow us. It's Northern Frights Pod, all together. Mm -hmm. um, give us a follow if you're a fan, so we can know um, who our listeners are out there and just get to know you better. Um, we'll give some behind-the-scenes looks and announce we've got upcoming episodes. We'll share some memes and much more. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have any ideas, you can always reach out to us through Instagram. We'll give some more information at the end of the podcast as well about how to reach out to us. And you can share your stories with us up there as well. I so, love yeah. It. yeah. So, so exciting. Exciting.
Moving on up. Moving on up. <laughs> Just remember that we're both in our 30s, so it's not going to be like... On point. On point. <laughs> we're not, you know, we're not communication majors or anything, but we're doing our best. Doing our best. <laughs> That's all we can do. Right? Just like we do with our podcast. <laughs> We're doing our best. We get it done, right? We get her done. Very good. Okay, do we want to rock, paper, scissors? Um, or do you have anything else you need to... Oh, I wanted to say that we're both reading um, mm-hmm. House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. And a we're Haunting of Hill House. Haunt... Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, because that's Haunting a movie. of Hill Yes, by Shirley Jackson. By Shirley Jackson. And if you want to read along with us, we're going to mm-hmm. hopefully review it within the next two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you want to join us, feel free. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll review it in one of our future podcasts. Yeah. And then just as a reminder for anybody who's got Netflix out there, um, Haunting of Blind Manor is out now mm-hmm. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I watched the first two episodes and they're very good so far. Um, kids are very creepy in that in that show. So, creep factor is there. Creep factor is definitely there. So we'll see how it goes. I'm hoping to like watch more of it this weekend as well. Just kind of like space it out a little bit. Yep. Um, and also if you are interested in Adam Sandler's movies, (laughs) like his kind of like not great ones. (laughs) Hubie Halloween. Yeah. Fantastic. I watched some of it and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we had described it before as like a mental cleanse. Yes. So if you have watched House uh Haunting House Bl- of Bill Manor. Haunting of Blind Manor. Yeah. And you need a cleanse, mm-hmm. Hubie Halloween will be good. Yeah, like I, I think I told Alyssa like I feel like my brain has just like gotten really dark because I've been reading a lot of like horror stories and watching a lot of like horror movies lately. And I, I feel like I'm just becoming more and more demonic and feral. <laughs> demonic. And so it's just like you know I probably need to watch something that's just like kind of pure. So I like watched that and then I watched Klaus on Netflix. Okay. Because that's such a good movie. Is it Klaus? It, Is it? It's so good. It's a cartoon. Okay. It's a Christmas cartoon movie. So good. <laughs> I cry every time. Oh I watch my god. It. How do you spell Klaus? K-L-A-U-S. That's sort of what I thought it would be. Yeah. That's on Netflix, too. Yep. Speaking of Netflix, I finished uh, Ratchet. Oh, how was that? I loved it. Yeah. I'm going to next, or in the next few weeks, I'm going to try to watch One Flies Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. the character of Nurse Ratchet comes from. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now I know, like, her backstory. It'll be interesting to go into that movie and see what it looks like. Yeah. I had a for like one of my psychology classes, one of my psychology classes, <laughs> um, I had to do like a review, like watch a movie that's based on like kind of like a psychological drama type thing, mm-hmm. and then use what we've learned in the class to kind of like incorporate it all together. Yeah, and so I watched that movie, and I was just like, "What well, this movie's bonkers." <laughs> I don't, I don't know much about it. It's it's very good. Okay. It's very good. Right. Yeah, it's a classic. And next episode, we'll have MUFON's fans. Ooh, I think okay. I'll skip them today. You know what? I think I heard something on the radio about them recently. About MUFON? Yeah. Oh, my God, I what? Can, I cannot remember exactly what he was talking about. Because mm-hmm. um, it was like a split second where I was just yeah. like, Ooh. You heard MUFON. Yeah, like, and I was what like, here? what? But a guy was talking about, I think, just like UFO. And they're like, MUFON, blah, 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 blah. And okay. I was just like, other people talk about it as well. <laughs> 
They're out there. They are real. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, are we rock, paper, scissors? Yes. Okay. Mm. Oh, scissors. <laughs> paper meets rock. You go first. Oh, good. Okay. Right. Are you sad? No. Okay. No. <laughs> I, like, I just, I would be sad. In my head, I was just thinking, I was like, I said scissors. Thank you for acknowledging that because I thought the exact same thing. We were both just kind of like, oh, just move on. Oh, inappropriate. Good times. Good times. All right, so my story comes once again from MUFON.com. Fantastic. And it's about uh, a story, a U.S. story, out of Piedmont, Missouri. Did you say a U.S. story? UFO story. Oh, I, I might have said that. I think, yeah, I was like, like, well, yeah, it's a U.S. story. <laughs> I'm gonna take this off. That's fine. And I'm gonna speak this way. Yeah, it's hard. Okay, I'll <laughs> do the same thing when it's my turn. That sounds good. Okay, the year is 1973, and starting in February of that year, police in Piedmont, Missouri, received over 500 reports of UFO sightings in this rural area. Ooh. Quote, you won't believe this, but I think there's. Okay, no, you gotta restart. <laughs> you won't believe this, but I don't think there's anyone around here who hasn't seen one. <laughs> Reggie Bone told a reporter. <laughs> Bone sh- should know because his sightings on the night of February 21st, of 1973, brought flying saucers back into the headlines. Is and he I- a skeleton? No. <laughs> His name would indicate yes, but... <laughs> surprisingly, he's not. He's not. In a heavily forested section of Wayne County between two giant man-made lakes, lakes in the eastern or... Okay. Ozarks. You can do it. <sighs> the Bushy Creek area encompasses Piedmont to the north and Mill Spring to the south. The region is rich in both natural beauty and lead deposits, but is not known for much else. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Certainly, it's friendly, but skeptical inhabitants were unprepared for a UFO invasion or the international attention following its wake. Ooh. So here we have a little. We have little stories throughout the rest. Okay. So a high school basketball coach, Reggie Bone, mm-hmm. was no believer in UFOs. At least not before the night of February 21st, when with two team managers and three of his players were traveling home along U.S. Highway 60, about 20 miles south of Piedmont. They were in poor spirits after losing a critical tournament game by seven points and were rehashing their defeat. Suddenly, Bone, who was driving, noticed a, quote, bright shaft of light beaming down out of the sky. A few miles later, as the car passed through the Brushy Creek area, player, uh, player Randall Holmes noticed something else. Look! Oh. He shouted. There's that thing we saw back on Highway 60. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's following him. It's following him. Bone pulled over to the side of the road and the six people piled out. It looked like it was about 200 yards off the road, hovering over an open field, Bone said later. Investigators from the International UFO Bureau of Oklahoma City later estimated that the object was probably about 400 feet above the ground. Ah, it's pretty close. Yeah. 
It was impossible to determine the size or shape because of the darkness. Anyway, we saw four lights that looked like portholes. Red, green, amber, and white. We figured they were about three or four feet apart, all in a row. Says Reggie. Hmm. We just stood there and watched for about ten minutes, Carrie barks, another witness added. Then, all of a sudden, the lights went directly up in the air and were abs- with absolutely no noise and just disappeared over a hill. Yeah. Half an hour later, Edith Boltwright saw the same or similar object flying low near her farmhouse in nearby Mill Spring. Edith is one of my favorite names. Edith. It was about 10 p.m. and I was lying in bed. I wasn't asleep. Mm-hmm. When I saw a flashing light, we lived close by a highway, so I thought something had happened on the road. I got out of bed quickly and looked over the lower part of the curtain, and I could see very plainly a craft just clearing the utility wires. Ooh. It was in a horizontal position, and I think there were people in it. Ooh. I could see objects inside, but could not make out any form of person. It made a very quiet noise, like a whoosh, slowly and evenly. Ooh. When it changed into a vertical position, it made a louder noise, like a quiet motor pulling. It didn't have any chopper blades on it, like a helicopter, just some rotary-like blades in front where an umbrella-like part extended up. It was about 30 or more feet long, very beautiful light-colored body with a darker tail. There were no lights on in our house at the time. I watched it for about one or two minutes, and it was about 200 to 250 yards from my window, flying below the oak tree types. Just like picturing this thing in my mind, mm-hmm. I'm like, she gave a good description. What kind of weird ass plane is this? <laughs> I know. That's what you'd be thinking. <laughs> like, there's a, and then there's an umbrella like feature at the what? top of it. <laughs> and it can go from horizontal to vertical, like this. just lickety split. Okay. At first, Mrs. Brock Wright thought the object was quote, some kind of new nuclear-powered helicopter, yep. quote, unquote, yep. but changed her mind in the next few days when she heard about the flood of UFO sightings. Mm-hmm. In the next two months, the Boatwright's farm was to play host to other UFOs, including mm-hmm. one that apparently landed on a hill behind the house. Quote, we didn't try to get near it, as we had company coming at the time. <laughs> I was busy. <laughs> I was busy. I couldn't just go see the aliens, okay? I love that, isn't it? Okay. Busy. <laughs> Mrs. Boatwright explains. Yeah. So the next day, February 22nd, the night after the original sightings, Roy and Beth Birch and Kathy Keith, driving in the Bushy Creek area, spotted an object, quote, blinking green, white, Ooh. amber, and red. Ooh. Birch tried to chase the UFO along the highway. Kathy states that, quote, Roy started speeding up to get a close look at it. He was doing around 70 miles an hour, but we still lost it. We got to the creek area, and there were some other Piedmont people standing at the road looking at it. So there's lots of witnesses. One of them, Bob Smith, had binoculars focused on the UFO, Mm -hmm. but he could not make out any shape. The lights were visible for 10 minutes longer and then sank over a hill. Bob's magnifying glasses or whatever they are were backwards. I like a simple explanation. Four nights later, on the 26th, 6th, Pat, Tony, and Will Freeman watched a luminous object moving over the trees near the tip-top mountains. The UFO was around 500 yards away, quote, was solid with prongs on it, a red light was on it. 
That's her description. Bonkers, <laughs> okay. <laughs> By far, the great majority of sightings in the area were the kind UFOologists mm-hmm. call, quote, nocturnal lights. Which are brilliant flashing lights far enough away that witnesses cannot discern their source. I've seen lots of pictures of these. Okay. From February 21st, the original day, into late April, the sightings occurred almost nightly. The Piedmont police received over 500 reports, and the International UFO Bureau director, Hayden Hughes, said he and his associates, who conducted a detailed investigation, interviewed 200 witnesses. Most of the sightings were uh, fairly routine as UFO reports go, and not very revealing. I mean, think about the one that was just the last one. Yeah. Where she said, It's got some prongs and stuff. It's prongs and it has a red light. (laughs) (laughs) So it makes sense. Most residents saw the UFOs more than once. Even so, Earl Turnbow's experience was unique, for he had three unusually vivid sightings of more than just lights. His first encounter took place around 9 p.m., about the 1st of March. Turnbow had just passed over a hill on Highway 49 when he spotted something, quote, lit up like a circus, hovering over the road in front of him. The lights went out within seconds, and presumably the objects escaped into the darkness. Two weeks later, on March 14, as Turnbull drove through the same area in a thunderstorm, he saw an amber light hovering 30 feet above a field no less than 200 yards from him. Quote, I slowed down and watched for five or ten minutes. When the lightning flashed, I could see a dome shape with sort of an antenna on top. Is it an umbrella? Prongs. <laughs> this amber light was shining from the antenna. All the other lights were off. I would say this thing was between 50, 15 and 20 feet in diameter. Diameter. It wasn't making any noise at all. He saw a UFO for the third time a week later. Quote, I was feeding cattle at the time on the farm at just about dark and saw this thing um, come down over Bushy Creek. It was about a thousand feet in the air and shaped like a top. I couldn't tell if it was rotating or if the lights were just flashing. Mm-hmm. The lights were yellow, green, and red. They could have been portholes for all I know. Duh. Inside knowledge, I don't know what a porthole is. <laughs> Should we Google it? Yeah, yeah Google. Siri. That's Siri. <laughs> hey Siri, what's a porthole? Okay, don't tell me what it is. Just bring me up an article. Why does it just like start yelling at me? <laughs> a porthole, sometimes called bullseye window or bullseye, is generally circular. Oh, whoa, it's like a, one of those when you on see like a ship. Oh, okay. And it's got like those like round windows oh. that are on them. That's what the porthole is. All right. So, Mr. Turnbow says they could have just been portholes for all I know. Yeah. The object sailed over the farm and didn't make a sound. March 14, the same night as Turnbow's second sighting, Miss Maud Jeffries, a photographer teacher at Piedmont's Clearwater High School. My second favorite name. Maud and Edith. Yeah. <laughs> took a series of, quote, small reddish ball, of a small reddish ball, mm-hmm. high in the air. She spotted the object around 11 o'clock and mounting a crown graphic 4x5 camera on a tripod, mm-hmm. she took a 10 minute time exposure, which unfortunately shows little more than a dot in the night sky. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's like when I take a picture with my iPhone. It's with just like, moon. what a beautiful moon, and then <laughs> yeah. I take a picture of it, and it's just like, I'm a speck in the sky. Way over there. <laughs> Taxi. 
our friend's name, Maud. Yes. Maud says, as a professional photographer, I cannot explain the object. It's not a lens flare or a light reflection. That same evening, Carl Laxton saw an object shaped, quote, like a barrel with protrusions like arms sticking out of it. The only way I could see the shape of this thing was when the object seemed to tilt. A brilliant white light appeared to go behind it. The object was tilting from a vertical to a horizontal position and then back to vertical. The thing... Oh, I'm sorry. Then it moved straight up and disappeared into the night sky. Seven days later, March 21, Jean Coleman and Kathy Leach were crossing the Clearwater Dam about 9 p.m. when they saw an object rise out of the lake. Theirs was one of the most spectacular sightings reported. Oh, dear. Oh. Oh, no. Just hang on a second, guys. Somebody's trying to call us on our fancy computers. Don't talk to us. one of the most spectacular sightings reported. Oh, yeah. They were first alerted by a, quote, red flash on the lake. Stopping their car, they got out to see blinking lights ascending. Each time a red light flashed, the object got brighter. Oh, weird. Quote, we could see it climbing. It looked like the lights were red, yellow, and white. There was no sound. We tried to make out the shape, but each time the lights went out, we could see nothing. We watched it for four or five minutes until it circled out of sight. Hmm. Later, in March, two divers from the Eastside Divers Supply Company of Illinois made three attempts to explore the lake for evidence of the underwater UFO. Unfortunately, the lake was extremely murky and the divers found nothing in its depths. Interesting. Interesting. I want to get to one. This is very long. That is super cool. Give me one second. Okay. I like this. It made me sort of giggle. While you're searching, can I go and get a um, lifesaver thing? Because my mouth is like parched. <laughs> yeah. Can you only have a pumpkin cooler and not any water today? <laughs> your, mouth just, your mouth just turns into dust. Have some water. Okay, I'll be right back. Great. <laughs> oh no. Oh boy. Oh, Lord. <laughs> this is really cool. Oh, here we go. Here. Yes, 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 yes. This is my favorite report that I'll be talking about. Basically, there's tons of reports. As we saw, there's 500 reportings, 200 people interviewed. And lots of details have came out of these reports, so I'm going to go to the one I liked the most. Okay. And this is where we're at. I dropped my lifesaver. I was really sad. Oh, 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 oh. I need a new one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. While no one has reported seeing UFO occupants, Reggie Bone does have a strange story to relate Ooh. of something he, his wife, and two other couples saw around Christmas time in 1971. Ooh when they were driving down a little traveled road in a deserted section of the Bushy Creek area. The time was around 2 a.m. Quote, Suddenly, we saw this fellow walking up the road toward a, towards us in a frogman's outfit. What? He was wearing flippers or something resembling them on his feet 
and he was carrying something in his hand. Hands. We couldn't see very well. Visibility was poor, so we couldn't see his face, but his body was completely covered. The suit didn't look wet. Black River is about a quarter mile away from the road, but it's rather inaccessible from the point where we ran into this figure. The temperature was well below freezing, and I don't know of anyone who lives in that area. We were so taken aback that nobody said anything for several miles. Finally, someone asked, did you see that? <laughs> Everybody in the car is just like, <laughs> <laughs> To the UFOlogist Bones 1971 encounters, reminiscent of numerous landing reports that belong to beings, no, that include beings dressed in what witnesses almost invariably described as diving suits. Interesting. A more mundane explanation for this incident may exist, but the story deserves being recorded here for whatever it might be worth. Yes. <laughs> Spooky. Isn't that great? That's good. Lots of good little details Lots in there. Uh, aliens. It might not be aliens, but it's definitely aliens. It might be what it's not, but it probably is. Alright. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So I'm going to do a two-parter because there's a lot here. Okay. It's a lot. I decided in honor of spooky season, like now that we're fully into it, <laughs> I was like, I want to look up a place that has like a ton of hauntings to it. Okay. And then I thought to myself, you know what's a place that has a lot of hauntings? Deadwood, South Dakota. Ooh, okay. Kick yeah, baby. So this is Deadwood, South Dakota. All right. So I'm going to start off with a history. Of Deadwood. Here we go. In 1874, the gold rush took over the southern Black Hills of South Dakota. In 1875, miners moved into the northern Black Hills and found a canyon lined with dead trees and lots of gold. Mm -hmm. The town got its name after John B. Pearson, one of the miners who discovered the area, and he named it Deadwood. <laughs> People began to come to the area in about 1876 once they heard that gold was there. It brought prospectors and pioneers looking to find fortune, but also brought bad people and murderers. The town was known for lawlessness and mayhem. Lawlessness. It quickly went from being a well-run camp to a full-fledged Wild West town. <laughs> the prospect of fortune brought in many well-known names at the time, like Wild Bill Hickok, a well-known gambler and gunslinger, really hard word to say, gunslinger. My gunslinger. <laughs> Wyatt Earp, which is also one of my favorite names. Wyatt or Earp? <laughs> Both. Together. Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp. Edith. Oh, remember from Bye. American Tale, uh, Five Will Goes West? Wiley Burp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I never connected that. That's funny. Yep. Wiley Burp. Wow. Uh, Wyatt Earp, who was a lawman and a gambler. <laughs> and Calamity Jane, a trick shooter. Others were made famous in the town, like Al Swearingen, which I don't know if that's pronounced correctly, but I'm going with it. Um, he was a theater owner who lured and bullied women into becoming prostitutes, so he's not the best guy. Right. Potato Creek Johnny, also my favorite name. <laughs> As a whole. He was a fourth, four foot three inch prospector who found the largest piece of gold in Deadwood and became a local celebrity. And Seth Bullock, Bullock whom I'll talk about later, probably like next week. 
um, Deadwood in its heyday was filled with saloons, dance halls, card parlors, and bordellos, aka brothels. The town was pretty much, um, pretty much played by its own rules, leading to lots of violence and unsavory nonsense. The town suffered a smallpox epidemic in 1876, and many people died, and the town was almost wiped out. The town faced ruin after three major fires over the years ripped through the town, and multiple economic hardships. Gold rush didn't last super long, um, and almost became a ghost town. In one of the three fires that struck Deadwood, the one in 1879 burned down 300 buildings, taking many inhabitants' belongings with them, or with it, I should say. <laughs> the town has been had been relatively quiet. Get it together. <laughs> it's okay. We're starter city. It's fine. Okay, let's try that again. The town had been relatively quiet and deserted until 1989, when limited wage gambling became legalized and the town was reborn. 1989. 1989. Okay. Um, at Halloween, the town celebrates Dead Weird with a monster ball nice. at the Franklin Hotel and has lots of ghost tours. The local cemetery, Mount Moriah Cemetery, which I've been to, mm. BTW. Okay. Um, I asked my mom, I was like, do you remember anything that we like saw when we were in Deadwood? She's like, the cemetery and a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, good, good. Um, it holds some of its late famous citizens. Buried there is Wild Bill Hickok. Who was shot in the back of the head after drawing a pair of aces and a pair of black eights, which is called the Dead Man's Hand. Oh, nice. Um, at the saloon number ten, I think it's called that now. It wasn't probably called it back then. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> 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 um, Calamity Jane is also buried there next to Wild Bill at her request on her deathbed. Others also say that while Calamity Jane was in love with Wild Bill, a married man, Bill had no interest in Calamity. And so the townspeople buried her next to him so that they could play, quote, could play poker together for eternity oh. and also play one last trick on Bill. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Mount Moriah also contains a mass grave where 11 men are buried after being burned to death in their boarding house in one of the fires. Oh, sad. Yeah. All right. So are we ready for some spooky stuff? Okay. The first reported haunting was actually, like, back in the 1800s. On December 6, 1877, Kitty Leroy, a popular dancer, poker player, and most likely prostitute, was murdered by her jealous husband, Sam Curley, at the Lone Star building on Main Street. He then shot and killed himself. Mm. The Black Hills Daily Times reported the first haunting of the town on January 16, 1878, stating, and this is a quote from it, <clears throat> To tell our tale briefly and simply is to repeat a story old and well-known. The reappearance in spirit form of departed humanity. In this case, it is the shadow of a woman, comely if not beautiful, and always following her footsteps, the tread and form of the man who was the cause of her double death. Oh, of their double death. In the still, in what? In the still watches of the night, the double phantoms are seen to tread the stairs where once they reclined in the flesh and linger over places where once they reclined in loving embrace. And finally, to melt away in the shadows of the night as peacefully as their body souls seem to have done when the fatal bullets brought death and grave to each. <laughs> okay. That's you. quite a quote. Yeah. The building um, was washed away in the White Wood Creek flood in 1883, so nobody's been able to like debunk it. Okay. 
1888, people reported in the town that they were seeing a haunting of a woman unrelated to Kitty Leroy, it sounds like. Um, people saw her near the Deadwood Street Bridge. Others living near the Whitewood Creek in Seaver Street saw her, saw her, um, she would like talk to people and ask to be fed. Oh, weird. Mm -hmm. Chinese residents living in the neighborhood near the bridge would report seeing the woman taking the form of a goose. They would leave slices of apple at their doorsteps to appease the ghost. Um, the Black Hills Daily Times reports on August 12, 1888, that a, a party of ladies has been on the watch for several nights for the purpose of hearing the other side, but appears his spook ship seems to be taking a rest. Spook ship? Spook ship. <laughs> They could have possibly been the first paranormal investigators in the area. Oh, that's cool. What year was that again? 1888. Okay, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. First off, we're going to call ghosts spook ships from now on. Ghost spook ship! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so some of the um, haunted locations. There's the Lucky Nugget Casino, which is now closed, unfortunately. Um, reports of the activity had been found at the casino that used to be run in the area. It's called the Lucky Nugget Casino. The casino was located on Lower Main Street, originally called the Badlands, which is not is not to be confused with the actual Badlands <laughs> of South Dakota. Don't get confused. Don't get confused. <laughs> the Badlands was also included the saloon number 10, okay. uh, where Wild Bill Hickok was killed. The buildings had been rebuilt. Why does that sound weird, rebuilt? No, okay. That's good. Between 1890s and the 1900s, after they had been destroyed in the fire in 1894. The building has been through a number of establishments, but it was a brothel on the second floor until the 1980s, when it was raided and shut down by the federal government. Employees have heard um, footsteps walking around on the second floor, and some employees will refuse to go up onto the second floor because of eerie feelings. Mm. One employee reported that they were shoved against a wall. Um, one employee reported smelling perfume, um, and this has been corroborated by paranormal investigators. Another employee reported seeing the apparition of a shot a child. Um, paranormal investigators have reported hearing disembodied voices. Um, someone heard a whisper in their ear. Mm -mm. They also captured EVPs um, with names being called like Madam Gwendolyn. And you can hear like the EVP on their website, which is vhparanormal.com backslash brothel dash investigation. In case you want to take a look at that. <laughs> can you say it one more time? One more second. Show my lifesaver. vhparanormal.com backslash brothel dash investigation. Okay. Um, and, like one of the EVPs it says. Madam Gwendolyn. <laughs> this just rolls off the tongue. Madam Gwendolyn. <laughs> There's another one that says Anime Clark. It's like somebody being like, Anime Clark. And then another one that says, Woohoo. <laughs> yes. That's us. Woohoo. Okay. So that's a lucky nugget. Um, also in, I almost forgot the name of the town, Deadwood. Deadwood. There's the Fairmont Hotel. Okay. Um, the Fairmont has had numerous reports of paranormal activity over the years. On 
August 28th, 1907, one of the upstairs girls, in quotes, Maggie Broadwater, jumped from a third-story window. They claim that the woman who jumped from the window was, quote, crazed with drink after learning that she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then other reports say that she um, did it because her boyfriend left her. But she still supposedly lingers there, according to Amy Allen, who is a medium, um, who is on the show The Dead Files on the Travel Channel. Okay. Um, also in 1907, a man named Prentice Bernard, who went by Vinegar Rowan, Sean killed a client of his girlfriend in a jealous rage. While putting the gun back into his pants, he accidentally shot himself. <laughs> he then ran out of the hotel and collapsed and died. That's uh, straight out of... Um, guests have reported feeling someone rush past them on the stairs at the hotel. Um, people who have stayed in the third in the room on the third floor have reported seeing a red haired woman wearing a green dress at the foot of their bed staring at them. No. Mm-hmm. People report seeing the ghost of the man who was murdered by Vinegar Rowan and seeing Vinegar Rowan himself. Um, the Fairmont, a brothel in its olden days, quote, also has the spirit of the grumpy man, mm. according to Amy Allen. He was apparently a man who was still upset that his girlfriend had died of syphilis. And then orbs can be seen in photographs taken at the hotel and people feel touches um, from those who are not there. Yikes. And so I'm going to stop there and we'll get to the rest next week. And there's a lot <laughs> based on what I can tell yeah Woo. so yeah that's some of the spooky stuff at Deadwood that's really good if you're thinking to yourself like why have I heard the name Deadwood before there was a show about it on HBO about the city itself yeah back when it was you know a wild west town so yeah wild wild west wild wild west <laughs> welcome to the wild wild west <laughs> <laughs> I like it that was a really good song it is Smith pulled it off. He did. Did you like that movie that it came from, I think? He was in a Wild Wild well West. Was it called Wild West? Yeah. Okay. Or was it called... <laughs> That's Siri. That's Siri. Why doesn't Siri talk anymore? Uh, well, I got a new phone, so maybe she doesn't want to talk. Um, hey, Siri. What is the Will Smith, Will Smith movie called Wild West? Wild Wild West. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It was him, Kevin Klein. Kenneth Branagh. I think that's Salma Hayek. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But I I don't believe it's about uh, Deadwood. Okay. Like, I feel like it's just got real NPR for a moment. There's like, I don't believe it's about <laughs> Deadwood. I have a confession. I don't listen to NPR. Neither do I. Or NPR. Neither do I. Okay, good. It's very boring. We're going to say some controversial stuff in this podcast. Hot FYI. <laughs> If you're a fan of NPR, this is not the podcast for you. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't know, but... Mm -hmm. But if you still like us, you can still listen to us. Of course. Yeah. All are welcome. All are welcome here in our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) um, That comic who does um, the Hot Pockets. (laughs) Jim Gaffigan. (laughs) Okay. I love that. It's such a good sketch. Oh, he's like, he's like, and the Spanish one. Caliente, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, <he> <laughs> so 
I was at, I went to that state fair parade thing this weekend. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who are not from Minnesota, um, our state fair got canceled this year because of COVID. Thanks COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so they decided to do a food parade because we're all a bunch of baddies here. <laughs> 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 we only go for food. Well, yeah, I mean, that's honestly the rule. Which was... I don't go for the people. <laughs> yeah. I do watch them. I know, but people are like, I love to people watch there. And I'm like, why? <laughs> well, I do like to watch You them. can go to Walmart and see the same people. Yeah. Yeah. True. But anyway, I went through. It was delicious, of course. I got these, like, cream cheese wontons. And, and an egg roll on a stick. And a foot-long corn, <laughs> corn dog on a stick. <laughs> and cheese curds. And I also got deep fried Oreos. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. And you oh, said they were delicious. They're so good. So I'm going to get those. I'm going to next time get yeah. fried Oreos. Yep. I'm going to get the egg roll on a stick. Oh, yeah. And then cream cheese wontons. Those cream cheese wontons are amazing. <sighs> they're so good. Nice. Yeah. If you ever, if you come to Minnesota and go to our state fair, get those cream cheese wontons. Okay. And the cheese curds. Get, and the mini donuts. Come ready to eat. Basically, don't pack a lunch. No. I mean... I remember one time I went with my aunt and uncle, which, by the way, I know that you listen to this podcast, and I love you both very, very much. <laughs> but we went but. one time. <laughs> but we went one time. She loves you. It's okay. <laughs> so, like, usually when I went with my parents, I mean, yeah. we get, like, foot-long hot dogs for breakfast. breakfast thing while we were there and I was just like what is this? <laughs> oh I do remember that yeah. Yeah. Because yep. I was just like I'm like eggs. I do remember they had like a church thing and you can go in and eat. Yeah. It was very nice. Yeah. It was very tasty. <laughs> but I was, just, no I was just like, I'm like where's my foot long hot dog <laughs> and my milkshake breakfast. <laughs> exactly. This is why we come here. I was like I'm like what? Not only do you come ready to eat but you come with some stack of bills. Oh yeah. To pay for that food. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was like a hundred dollars just to like pay for the food while we were there. Oh yeah. But what I do love about it though is when we got in, mm-hmm. they're like, "All right, here's like um, your menu that you can look through to see what you want to get. Here's like this car bingo thing that you can do or cool. something. Yeah. And then here's a freezer bag. And I swear to you, it was smaller than this piece of paper." <laughs> kind of like cool thanks here's my giant cooler that i brought <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny oh that was great how much did you spend that day like i said like a hundred dollars oh you did yeah. okay and that's pretty typical for <coughs> yeah going to that just day, right? yeah and like at one point oh i got deep fried pickles too yeah is that good sounds sort of gross actually. um depends on how you fast you eat them okay so if you eat them right away yeah i mean they're hot too yeah. But like the girl who was um, taking our orders, she was just like, when you if you save them, put them in an air fryer, it'll okay. make them better the next day. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They probably got complaints or something. Well, like it was probably just like she did it herself, and yeah. she was just like, just FYI. Yep. Okay. Mhm. Very good. Yeah. Oh, I have a creepy story. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was like a couple of weeks ago. 
I was, so my bedroom is on the second floor of our house, my mom's on the first floor. Mm-hmm. And there's like one night I'm, I'm like snuggled into bed, just about to fall asleep, and I can hear like downstairs, and like it, I hear that a lot downstairs. I figure it's just like my cats are just like beating each other up or something, mm-hmm. or just like jumping around. Yeah. And then like a few seconds later, I'll, or, or sometimes my mom will come out with her walker. Yeah. She'll just like run into stuff and like dark. Oh, sure. Yep. And so I'm just kind of, mm, you know, whatever. And then my mom comes out of her room and she goes, did you hear that? Did you, did you do something upstairs? And I was like, no. not <laughs> die. <laughs> did you go look? No. <laughs> she was down there. But she, like, we couldn't see anything. Wait, what'd you say? She was downstairs? Yeah, she was downstairs. And she heard it too, and yeah. it sounded like to her upstairs. Yeah. Right? For me, it sounded like it was downstairs. Weird. Yeah. So we were just like, okay, good night. Then in the you'll be out there. <laughs> I love how often you guys just sort of ignore it. What? Because like, you have to live there, right? Yeah, it's just kind of like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Just as long as you don't come and see me. Yeah. Um, I remember one time when I was younger, my dad had this like radio thing downstairs. It was like a record player that had a radio uh, in it. Because yeah. it's because it's old. And one night it just like went off by itself. Oh no! And my mom was like, "Go check on it." And I'm like, "You're the mom." <laughs> <laughs> Why are you sending me all to slaughter? Yeah. She's like, it's she probably wants- just an alarm. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's devil. <laughs> She's like, I want to live longer, okay? <laughs> you barely started your life. You it's barely fine. had enough years to make it worth it. I'm sending you down to the wolves. It's fine. It's fine. All right, gang. Well, we've got a update thing that we got to do for work, so. I guess we'll end We're going to have to end it here. And we'll... We'll do some more spooky tales from Dead One next week. Sounds good. Um, if you have any stories, if you have any suggestions, you can either contact us on our Instagram, mm-hmm. send us a message, whatever you want to do, or you can email us at northernfrights19 at gmail.com. Yeah, my voice is really dry, so I didn't want to do it. <laughs> That's okay. So, um, hopefully we'll be back next week. We should be. Knock on wood. And then that's that on that. What's the I Instagram again? Northern Frights Pod. Okay. Perfect. Well, we yeah. look forward to seeing you on one of those platforms. We, we enjoy. Uh, we look forward to being in touch with you on one of the social media networks or <laughs> via email. Is that too uh, formal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for making it informal. Clearly, neither of us are formal people. No. No. We, can, we pretend. We do. When we're at work, we're just like, mm, that sounds like a fascinating idea. Let's the More sincerely. <laughs> Great, thank you, and kind regards. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> E-O-M. E-O-M. Okay. Great, you guys have a great time. Yeah. Bye. Bye.